0: And welcome to this latest podcast from Evidence-Based Nursing. I'm Helen Noble and I'm a lecturer in health services research at Queen's University, Belfast. And today we're going to discuss a recent commentary in Evidence-Based Nursing titled People receiving dialysis in the morning have better subjective sleep quality than those who receive dialysis at other times and the um commentator Stephanie Thompson is here with us from the department of medicine at the University of Alberta. Hello Stephanie.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm fine, thank you. Stephanie, thank you very much for being here with us. Can I firstly um, just ask you to give us a, a brief introduction about yourself?
1: Sure. Uh so as you introduce me, my name is Dr. Stephanie Thompson. I'm a nephrologist at the University of Alberta in Edmonton, uh Alberta, Canada. Uh, My research interests include looking at interventions to improve quality of care and aspects of health-related quality of life in hemodialysis patients. Thank you very much.
0: Can you tell us what's known about sleep disturbances in patients who receive hemodialysis?
1: Yeah, well, sleep disturbances, they're very common in hemodialysis patients, uh, certainly more so than in the general population. Estimates of sleep prevalence in hemodialysis patients do vary uh, widely, and this is according to the characteristics of the population surveyed and according to what is being used to measure a sleep uh, disturbance. So whether it's a subjective report of difficulty initiating or maintaining sleep, or it's a formally diagnosed sleep movement disorder or uh, sleep apnea, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, the estimates will vary. But typically for hemodialysis patients, they are quite high and they do range anywhere from fifty to eighty percent. The significance of this sleep quality is that it has been independently associated with lower health-related quality of life, and that's both mental and physical domains. And it's also been associated with increased mortality, and that's based on uh, data from a number of countries from a very large study from the dialysis outcomes and practice patterns study. So certainly, um, it's very common and a very significant problem in this population. Okay.
0: Uh, Moving on to the commentary that you critiqued for evidence-based nursing, Mm -hmm. what was the aim of that study and who were the participants and what methods did the authors use?
1: Well, the aim of the study by Wang et al. was to evaluate the relation between dialysis shift time and subjective sleep quality in chronic hemodialysis patients. And this study is based on the rationale that time of day of dialysis will influence your subsequent circadian patterns. So perhaps it's the temperature of the dialysate that may affect the body's cooling mechanisms and thus influence the sleep patterns. So the population they looked at, it was a, a single center, single hemodialysis center in Taiwan, and they studied chronic chronic hemodialysis patients. So patients who had been on dialysis for three months The inclusion criteria were fairly broad. They excluded people who um, had significant depression and anxiety, and also who were bedridden and hospitalized. But that being said, it's not really clear how many people were screened but didn't make it into the study. They did, however, have a fairly good participation rate. They uh, surveyed uh, 220 people, and of those, I think 94%, so about a little over 200 people completed the study. A fairly good response rate. And what they looked at um, was sleep according to the time of day. As I said, you dialyzed. So they looked at morning versus afternoon and evening. So they actually collapsed um, the comparator into one category morning versus other, and the other being the afternoon and evening shift. It's not really clear why uh, they did that, but that was the comparison that they made. The outcome was uh, subjective sleep quality as measured by the Pittsburgh Sleep Quality Index. I should mention they also did adjust for a number of covariates that differ between the groups, and they also adjusted for factors that were known to previously be associated with poor sleep. So they adjusted for things like um, the score on the depression scale, anxiety, and those types of things that could confound the association.
0: Okay. Um, You've touched on it a little bit, but can you tell me a little bit more maybe about the strengths and weaknesses of the methods that they used in the study from your perspective?
1: Hmm. I think uh, the main strength of the study is that it does draw attention to a very under-investigated problem um, that is not well understood. However, it's important to note um, that the majority of studies to date on looking at the factors associated with poor sleep have been cross-sectional. And, you know, as we know, cross-sectional designs are are weak for looking at prognostic factors and and even weaker for attempting to determine causality. So the the, the authors do point this out themselves. They make the comment in the discussion that the assignment of hemodialysis shift. It's not random. So there's a number of factors, both administrative and probably due to patient preference, that influence uh, the time of day the people dialyzed. So certain sleep habits may confound the association between sleep shift time. So, for example, you may you could think that people who sleep well all night may be more uh, willing to get up early and go to their dialysis. And perhaps that's why they're dialyzing in the morning. Or we, as you know, other nephrologists recognize people do like to sleep during dialysis. Well, perhaps they're sleeping in the morning and thus better able to. Uh, get to sleep at night. So there are those issues that can kind have of found the association between the time of day that you dialyze and how well you sleep at night. Another um, thing that I would point out about the article is they did adjust for a number of known confounders, as I mentioned uh, in my answer to your previous question, like the depression score and the caffeine intake. But to really understand how other factors may have influenced the results, they do need more uh, detailed information. So again, they didn't have things like medications uh, that the patients were on, um, measures of dialysis adequacy, and that's important because a number of other studies have indicated that perhaps how adequately somebody's dialyzed will influence how uh, how well they slept. So having that information um, also helps us really understand any differences between the groups that may have influenced the results. Okay, thank
0: you. So what do you think are the main implications for practice?
1: So the main implications are that this study helps improve our awareness of sleep problems in this population. Mm. You know, assessment of sleep quality should be part of routine clinical care, and um, I'm not quite sure that it actually is. So I think that regularly assessing patients for things like behavioral aspects, as the article points out, things like caffeine intake, which previous cross-sectional studies have not always included... Also, things like sleep hygiene and the psychological aspects like depression, and also the uh, treatment-related factors which we may overlook.
0: And then leading on from that, what do you think are the future research needs required in this area?
1: Right. Well, you know, to really show that definitively whether the morning shift leads to improved sleep quality, a uh, randomized trial would be needed where shift assignment would be randomized. And certainly more um, RCTs are needed to evaluate drug and non-drug-based interventions for sleep. Most of what we know we've inferred from the general non-hemodialysis population. And that can be tricky because, you know, certainly uh, patients with end-stage renal disease on dialysis are unique in that they've altered drug metabolism, uh, they have a large burden of disease and treatment-related factors that could influence efficacy of uh, interventions. So certainly, um, that is the type of research that's needed in this area. In addition, what we also need is more robust data from larger cohort studies to inform what factors are important to target for uh, target in a randomised control trial.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on a final note, is there one last thing that you would like to share with our listeners in relation to this study?
1: Yeah, I would like to reiterate what the authors say in their conclusions, um, that sleep quality, we have to think of it as a modifiable risk factor for health-related quality of life. And even as as the study I mentioned previously indicated, a health, uh, modifiable risk factor for mortality and although, you know, based on these results, I would not counsel patients to alter their shift time just yet. It would be reasonable to counsel patients with poor sleep quality on several consistently established and recognized risk factors for poor sleep, such as depression and caffeine consumption.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank we'll you.
1: we again soon, hopefully. Great. Thank you very much.